Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Here's what I want to talk about and teach on for just a few minutes. Listen to me very carefully. Here's my title, The Confidence of My Calling. The Confidence of My Calling. Now, what we need to realize this morning is everybody in this room, whether you sit in a five-fold office or not, you are called. Come on, somebody. You are called. Look at the person next to you and say, you are called. Look at the person on the other side and say, I'm worried about you. (laughs) We all have the distinct privilege and honor of being called in God's kingdom. And as we are called in God's kingdom, one of the things that we have the privilege to do is to see the body come together and function as one mighty organism on the face of the earth. And as that organism functions together, listen to Pastor Ron now, something a whole lot bigger happens than just I could ever do. Something a whole lot bigger happens than just you could ever do. Because we as the body of Christ have come together called to the body of Christ. But now listen to me because here's our segue kind of early. We are called to the body of Christ. Oh, I love this right here. But we are called to the world that we live in. We are called to affect the society and the world and the culture that we live in. And when we come together and do that, something a whole lot bigger than just me could ever possibly happen. Now, I'm going to pick up where my friend Pastor Hector Gonzalez started a couple of weeks ago. And then last week, my other friend, Pastor Jamie Chung-Yu, continued that. And as they shared, what they did such a tremendous job of sharing was this, that Pastor Hector talked about the help flow that we have as members of the body of Christ and how we are helpers and how we are helpees within the body of Christ. And then Pastor Jamie did a great job last week of talking talking about how we as part of the body of Christ have a, listen to me now, a heart to help. Oh, you missed a good place to shout. We have a heart to help. But what Pastor Ron wants to do is kind of take that one step further, not better, but one step further and talk along these lines. We have a help flow within the body of Christ that creates a heart to help within the body of Christ. And what that does is is translate into us having a powerful effect on the world that we live in. Starts right here. Come on, somebody. Starts right here. We have a help flow with one another. We have a heart to help in the body of Christ. And then as we come together and are joined and functioning together, something really, really, really big happens. Now, Pastor Hector gave us the foundational statement a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to use that as a foundational statement today that will help us kind of segue into what I want to talk about. Here it is. Write it down if you're taking notes. The quality of our connections determines the quality of our existence. Man, don't you love that? 
Let me try it again. The quality of our connections determines the quality of our existence. You fast learners, I love you, man. But there's so much truth to that. Now, I got Pastor Hector's permission to kind of expound on that a little bit to be able to go down the road I want to go down. Listen to me now, because this is what you got to get or you're going to be lost during this word this morning. The quality of our connections determines the quality of our existence. The quality of our connections in the body of Christ causes us to function in such a way that it creates a quality of our existence in the world that we live in, the world that we exist in. I, I have the ability because of us working together and functioning together to create, oh, I love this right here, to create a better world in the world that I exist in. Man, I love that, guys. Here's why. And you've heard me teach this principle through the years a lot. And I'm going to go ahead and give it to you one more time. Wherever I go, things just got better. Now, you might say, Pastor Ron, that sounds, isn't that a little arrogant? Who do you think you are? Well, I'll tell you who I think I am. I think I'm a child of God. With the royal blood of heaven flowing through my veins. With the right to call on the name of my, of my Father and know that he is with me always, even until the end of the age. That's who I think I am. And so wherever I go... Things just got better. Why? Ooh, here's why. Wherever you go, things just got better because you took Holy Spirit with you. Come on, give Jesus praise. So, the quality of our connections. Do you guys mind if I drink just a little coffee every now and then? Is that okay? I'll tell you why. I do it all the time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> About two weeks ago, man, I, 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 don't, I don't get sick very often. And two weeks ago, I got ill, and I got one of the best sinus infections I've ever had. It was an award winner. <laughs> and so my throat has still been a little scratchy, so cheers. <laughs> so the quality of our connections determines the quality of of the existence in the world that we live in. Now, I'm going to use 2 Timothy chapter 4 as a scriptural backdrop. And I love 1 and 2 Timothy. I read it all the time, and there is some great stuff there. And it's a tremendous scriptural backdrop to what we want to talk about. Let me give you some context. Number one, it was written in prison. And so Paul's going through a hard time, been mistreated by society, and been falsely accused and thrown into prison. Number two, he's writing it in the face of extreme opposition. He's been lied about. He's been called a thief. He's been called a liar, a forger. He's been called a cheat, stealing money. He has an occultic group trying to come against him and steal his ministry, and they're speaking against his theology. So everywhere he turns, there's something going on in the face of opposition, welcome to 2023. Come on, somebody. But then here's what he does. Look at number three. It's written from prison. 
in the face of extreme opposition. But then look at what he does. He gives practical instruction for loving society. Now, he starts off in 1 Timothy and the first part of 2 Timothy by giving some great practical instruction to the body of Christ. Help flow, having a heart to help. He gives some great instruction of how we as the body of Christ could function. And then he segues as to what we need to do to have an impact on the world that we live in. Pastor Hector, Pastor Jamie, I think Paul's preaching our message. I think he got it from us. What do you think? So he starts off showing how we function in the body of Christ, and then he segues as to how we love the society that we live in. There's a help flow teaching, there's a heart to help teaching, and then there's a loving society teaching. Man, come on and say amen to that. So I'm going to use 2 Timothy chapter 4. I don't know if I told you that. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's start reading at verse 1. Here we go. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, I give you this call, I give you this mandate. Here we go, guys. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time is going to come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Hello, 2023. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Hello, 2023. They will turn their ears away from truth. Hello, 2023 and turn aside to myths. Here we go now. Here we go. You're going to love your society right here. But you, everybody say, but me. Keep your head in all situations. I should have skipped that point. (laughs) How many know that's the challenge? Come on, somebody. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist, and then discharge the duty of your ministry. Mm. I'm going to read five again because that's our foundation. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge the duty of your ministry. All right, here's the question, Pastor On. How in 2023, in the face of opposition, how do I have confidence in my calling? I'm glad you asked. Number one, write it down. Send the right message. Send the right message. I'm not out here to send the message of Hyatt. I'm out here to send the message of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Send the right message. Look at verse 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season, to do what? To correct, rebuke, and encourage. But how do I do it? With great patience and careful instruction, I send the right message. I love it, what Pastor Jamie said a couple of times here recently in talking about us functioning 
in the world that we live in. Here's what he said. He said, anybody can be a jerk. Isn't that how you said it? Basically, Basically I, did I say it wrong? That's, anybody can be a jerk. Why? Because the word is hard enough. We don't have to be a jerk about the word. It takes care of itself. You know, I don't have to be a jerk. You know what I love last week, what you said? I, I think you said this last week. You said, what, what would you guys think if I just cussed you out? Is that what you said last week? Now, how many of you know I have a hard time seeing Pastor Jamie do that? Come on, somebody. I mean, I've been with the guy for 25 years. I've never seen his first fly. But I don't live with him either, right? I've never seen him. <laughs> I've never seen him upset. So what happens is this. I've got to send the right instruction. And I don't, the truth is tough enough. I don't have to be a jerk about it. All I've got to do ooh, is speak the truth in love. Come on, somebody. And the truth, the word, will take care of itself. Look at what it says. Here we go. Look at this principle. Write it down. Don't speak to give people a piece of your mind. You give away too many pieces, what you got? <laughs> speak, here we go now, speak because you want to contribute to their well-being. Speak because you want to contribute to their well-being. Here it is. Speaking the truth in love considers the outcome. I don't just say what I got to say and then I walk off as if I'm some big bag bully. No, I speak the truth in love and I do so considering the outcome, making sure that people walk away built up and edified. Hey, nobody spoke any harder things than Jesus. What does the Bible say about how Jesus spoke? He spoke in truth and what? And what? Grace. Yeah, it's multiple choice. It's okay. He spoke in truth and grace, grace and, grace and truth. And nobody spoke any harder things than Jesus and what he spoke. But what did he do? He spoke it in such a way to consider the outcome so that when somebody walked away, they were built up and edified. What does the Bible say? Speak grace to the hearer. Speak grace to the hearer. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. We are Christ's representatives. God uses us. Man, I love this, guys. Come on, we, we have a help flow to the body of Christ. We have a heart to help. But then he uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. Isn't that good? What, what is that? I'll tell you what that is. Let me read it again. To drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right right between them. That is a quality of existence. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become, ooh, become friends with God. He's already a friend to you. He's already a friend to you. Become a friend to God. He already loves you. In, in my sin, Christ died for me. Come on, somebody. While I was a, a mess Jesus died for me and gave me life and gave me more abundantly. So become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Hey, when I speak about my friends, what do I say? I say good things, right? Why? They're my friends. <laughs> Hopefully, they're my friends. Hey, if I talk about my man, Barry Brian Berryman, who's my friend, 
I don't say, yeah, there's my friend Byron Behrman. He's a, he's a pretty, good, pretty good old guy. Yeah, he's really a cheat. No, I, I don't go down that road. I speak quality things about my friend Brian Berryman. If I'm speaking about my friend Tom McGarry, I'm saying, man, there's old Tom McGarry. He's my friend. He's got really skinny legs, but he's my friend. <laughs> yeah, if you ever get up here, baby, you can get me back. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I speak quality things about my friends. Why? Because they're friends. They got my six. They got my back. So I'm building up and edifying because they are my friend, and that creates a quality of my existence with them. Uh, Paul uses a phrase in the New Testament a few times. Here's what he says. He says, walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of of your calling. Now, the word worthy there in the original is the word axios. It's where we get our word axle. Like an axle on a car or an axle on a truck. And literally, it means this. It means to bring up the other beam. Twin I-beam suspension on a Ford truck. Bring up the other beam. It's kind of like one of those old uh, scales that you have. You, you, you got the picture in your mind, or is there one already up there? Ah, good. Thank you, guys. It's kind of like one of these scales. You get a little too much on this side, it weighs down. You get a little too much on this side, it weighs down. So you, you, you balance everything out, and you take it until it's totally balanced, and it's a good representation of what's in those cups. How does that apply to you and I as a believer? Here it is. My actions should line up with my identity. My actions should line up with my identity. And when I do that, I bring up the other beam and I walk worthy of the calling of God in my life. So, number one, send the right message. Number two, how am I going to have confidence in my calling? Seek right instruction. I can't send the right message if I haven't received the right instruction. Come on, somebody. I got to be able to have good instruction and good teaching. You know, one of the uh, phrases that we've heard around here uh, a few times, I think the Rock School may have had some influence with this, is this, be a lifelong learner. Don't ever quit learning, man. Don't ever quit learning. One of the greatest characteristics that you and I will ever possess is the characteristic and the attribute, listen to me now, of teachability. I don't know everything. Sometimes I might think I do, but I don't know everything. You guys have heard me preach Isaiah 6 through the years. Isaiah 6, when Israel was in a reprobate situation, Isaiah the prophet stood up and said this. He didn't point his finger at Israel and said, look at those sinning Jews. It's not what he said. He said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. He could have been a fault finder and a blame caster if he wanted to. Not what he did. He started with himself and he said, woe is me for I am a man of unclean lips. And then what did he do? He turned and said, now, Lord, teach me your ways. Now teach me your ways. Humility and teachability. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4 says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, 
they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Here it is. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. How many of you will agree with me that we got a lot of myths in 2023? Everywhere you turn in the culture that we're living in, there is a philosophy of man. There is an ideology of man. I am not living by the philosophy of man. That's man's thinking. I'm not living by ideology. I got a great idea today. It's changing tomorrow. Huh? How many of those great ideas that were so strong three years ago, we don't hear anything about them anymore? I'm not living by philosophy. I'm not living by ideology. I'm living by the, I'm living by, come on now, I'm living by theology. It's called the doctrine of the God, word of God. I'm living by the doctrine of the word of God. And what does that do for you and I? That makes us stronger. It builds us up. It fortifies our spiritual life. It fortifies my integrity. It fortifies my character. Here's why that's important. If my character is not strengthening, my future is weakening. I've got to build up my character because if not, what's coming down the road is going to be falling apart. It's going to be in rubbles. But when I build up my character, when I build up my integrity according to the word of God, what am I? I'm like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water and I shall not be moved. For I know who I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Stand steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For I know my labor is not in vain. I'm going to keep on plugging because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. For I can do all things through Christ who keeps on putting power in me. I'm going to keep on going. I'm not going to quote any more scripture because... I don't know if I remember anymore. <laughs> but that's what happens, guys. When my character is fortified, when my integrity is fortified, there's a strengthening there that causes my future to have a destiny and a hope. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Look carefully then how you walk. I'm going to read that again. Is that okay? Huh? Don't be shy. I'm going to read it again. Look carefully then how you walk. Here we go. Not as the unwise, but as the wise. And you got the mind of Christ in you. Come on, somebody. Not as the unwise, but as the wise. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I thought about this the other day, and I, and I, I wasn't going to add it, but all of a sudden it just kind of jumped out at me. Somebody, you know, it's a big topic for us, and it's a, it's, a, it's a reasonable topic for us to wonder, what is the will of the Lord? What is the will of the Lord? What is the will of the Lord? And I think sometimes, listen to Pastor Ron for just a minute, I think sometimes we make it a little spooky and we make it unattainable. Come on now. You know, the will of God is really simple. What did Jesus do? He went about doing good will of God. Here, here's what it says. He went about healing the sick, oppressing those that were, I'm sorry, setting free those that were oppressed by the devil. And what's the other one? Casting out demons. There you go. 
That's what he did. Well, some, and somebody asked me, he said, well, Pastor Ron, I don't know if I should be a teacher or I should be a lawyer. I said, well, you make that decision yourself, but go around and, and do what Jesus did, going about doing good and healing the sick and casting out demons. Go ahead and go for it, and you will be in the will of the Lord. Come on, somebody. I, I got off subject. Okay, here we go. God's vision, get this statement right here. God's vision for me is maturity. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your maturity be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. That's Philippians chapter 4. Rejo- I can, wait, I, I can rejoice when I walk in the level of maturity that God wants me to walk in. Come on now. And how, all right, here we go. I'll, I'll read it again. God's vision for me is maturity. And how I respond, I love this right here. You got to get this. How I respond to the person of God rather than the promise of God. How I respond to the person of God as opposed to the promise of God. Look, if all I'm doing is attempting to respond to the promise of God, I just turn Jesus into a spiritual soda pop machine. Stick in my quarter, punch the button, stick in my quarter. $2, put in your $2. I just gave away my age, didn't I? I'll say it this way, put in your money, punch the button, and wait for your reward. No, 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 no. I'm not just waiting for the reward. I am seeking the reward giver. I am seeking the reward giver. Look at what it says. God's vision for me is maturity and how I respond to the person of God rather than the promise of God. Here it is now. This involves coming to a place where who is asking is more important than what we're being asked to do. Think of how many things in Scripture would not have ever happened if they were more concerned about what was being asked of them as opposed to God himself doing the asking. I can't do this, God. I, I, I stutter. I'm a murderer. I don't have the ability to lead three million Israelites across the wilderness. I can't do it. Oh, wait just a second. The one that asked me is the great I am. He is with me always, even till the end of the age. Maybe we can get this done. Maybe we can get this done because the task, as big as the task is, it's being led by Alpha Omega. So what's important is not just what I'm being asked to do, it's who's asking. So here we go. How do I have confidence in my calling? Send the right message by seeking the right instruction. Number three, normally... You guys know this. When I preach or teach, there's some points that I just have to say, I like this one. I don't like this one. Slow down your reaction. (laughs) I like this one for you a lot. I like this one for you a lot. Hey, I've been honest with you guys a million times. You, You know my background. I don't get mad. I burst into flames. This is a tough one for me. Slow down your reaction. Mm. Next point. No, I'm just kidding. 2 <laughs> Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. Here we go. But you <laughs> keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. I love this. Do the work of an evangelist and discharge the duty of your ministry. Keep your 
head in all situations. Pastor Jamie did a great job last week of sharing four areas that we've got to watch our reaction in. Here it is. Number one, proclaiming God's word. I've got to slow down my reaction to the voice that comes back at me when I proclaim God's word. How many of you know the minute I proclaim God's word, I'm going to get some opposition? Come on now. I'm going to get some opposition. I'm going to be called intolerant. I'm going to be called mean. I'm going to be called a person that has no compassion. I'm going to say, you, I'm going to hear you don't understand. Why? Because, listen to me, truth is not popular with the masses. Truth is not popular with the masses. So the minute I proclaim God's truth, I'm going to get some opposition. Number two, general relationship challenges. I got to slow down my reaction. The truth of the matter is I love every one of you all the time, but there are times I don't like you. And you feel the same way about me. Don't get religious on me. Why? Because that's life, man. That's life. That, that's, that's a little bit of friction that takes place. It happens all the time. It just is part of the way it takes place. Number three, doctrinal disagreements. Pastor Jamie and I were having a conversation in the foyer the other day about that conversation of the two guys talking about theology. And one of the guys was right. He was right on the money. And the other one was speaking against him in words and sayings that would make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Supposedly two believers. And I'm thinking, I can't believe he would say that about the guy who is speaking truth. How many of you know it happens all the time? Come on, somebody. Happens all the time. But you know what? You know how the guy that was right, how you told me the guy that was right, here's how he responded. Now wait just a minute. Now wait just a minute. Slow down your reaction. Anybody can react and bow up. Now I'm not saying to not react. Don't misunderstand me. Just like Pastor Jamie said a minute ago or a couple of weeks ago, anybody can be a jerk. I'm not, ta- I'm not telling you to be a jerk, but I am telling you to stand up for truth as long as we stand up in righteous indignation and we stand up the right way. And there's always going to be some kind of doctrinal disagreement. Number four, boy, do we have this one today? Number four, social and political disagreements. As we come upon an election season, we're going to hear more and more and more and more and people pushing your buttons. Hey, I, I, I watched this week our new Speaker of the House, who is a strong Christian, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Our new Speaker of the House, as I, I don't know if you all are aware of this, this, this gentleman's wife is a licensed Christian counselor, and he had a ministry before he became a congressman for years of representing pastors and churches for those that could not afford it. He did it free of charge. Because he said, somebody's got to stand up for the people of God out there. And I watched, he had not been the Speaker of the House for more than 30 seconds, and they started jumping all over him. And you know what? He handled it with character and integrity and slowed down his reaction and made a statement to the crazy media of the United States because he did what was right. But we're going to have it. Now, here's the question, Pastor Ron. Why is it 
that these things come into our lives and create this friction. I'll tell you why. Because God allows them in our lives so that we will grow up and not blow up. Come on now. Look at Romans 12, verse 17. Here it is. Don't. Don't hit back. Come on now. How many, how many of you, like Pastor Ron, have found yourself spiritually sometimes standing there just like this? Spiritually, not physically. Well, okay. I ain't going to touch that one. How's that? We, we just we want to. We, 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 mm, we want to react. But look at what Paul said. Paul says, don't hit back. I love this. Discover Beauty in everyone. If you got it in you, get along with everybody. And you know what? You say, Pastor Ron, I don't know if I can get along with everybody. I don't know if I have that in me. Yeah, you do. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. You got love. You got joy. You got peace. You got patience. You got kindness. You got gentleness. You got self-control. You really do have self-control, by the way. Quick little nugget. People tell me, you know, Pastor Ron, I just don't have a lot of self-control. I said, yeah, you do. You got love? Oh, yeah. You got joy? Oh, yeah. You got peace? Oh, yeah. You got gentleness? Oh, yeah. You got patience? Oh, yeah. Well, then you got self-control because it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. They come as a cluster. If you got one, you got them all. If you got one, you got them all. Now, I may have to exercise a little more effort to get some of those out. But if I got one, I got them all. If you got it in you, and you do, get along with everybody. Why? Get the principle right here. Maintaining peace with God is more important than keeping pace with everybody else. I'm going to read it again. Maintaining peace with God is more important than keeping pace with everybody else. Here's what Paul said. We got to... We've got a heart flow, a help, a help flow, sorry, a help flow into the body of Christ. We have a heart to love. And then, as Pastor Ron has talked about today, we have the ability to see that transcend who we are and go into the world that we live in. And here's what Paul said, do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an, of an evangelist. What is that, Pastor Ron? It is winning the lost out of a love for mankind. Doing the work of an evangelist. Now, I want to give you a principle here, and I want you to hang with me. And it's kind of long, so hang with me. You can burn yourself out doing the work of the ministry, thinking it is the will of God. But it's not, because it brings no refreshing. Brings no refreshing. But when we operate out of love, even in the face of opposition, what does God do? He refreshes and he strengthens. Man, we all have faced it, baby. Come on. We faced that opposition, but we just kept operating in a spirit of love. And what did God do? God strengthened you to do what you were called to do. That is doing the work 
of an evangelist. And then, so, here we go. And I'm done. One more and I'm done. And everybody said, thank God. Thank you for not saying that. That means a lot to me. Thank you for patronizing an old man. I'm going to be 66 soon. Told you I was an old man, right? I'm just a puppy, right? Just a puppy. I don't know why I said any of that. It's How do I have confidence in my calling? I send the right message by seeking right instruction. I slow down. You slow down your reaction. And then, okay, let me go ahead and say it to you. I love this one. I love this one. Number four, write it down. I serve someone else's success. I serve somebody else's success. I want to be successful, guys. I want to do what is right. I want to do my best. But it's much, much more fulfilling when I serve your success. And I stand back like a proud pastor and I see you excel in the kingdom of God. That is building up and edifying to me. To see your success in God's kingdom. To see you live as an overcomer. That is encouraging to me. Because that's how God designed us to live. Amen? Serve somebody else's success. Here it is. But you keep your head on all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. And here it is. Discharge the duty of your ministry. Pastor Ron, what is the duty of my ministry? Well, what was the duty of the ministry of Jesus? Here it is. I came to serve, not to be served. Taking on the form of a servant, humbling himself to death, even death, on a cross. That was the duty of the ministry of Jesus, and that was to serve mankind. Proverbs 11, verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Hey, let me ask you a question. You ever, come on, you ever found yourself in a time in your life where you were kind of getting weary and well-doing? Huh? Kind of getting weary and well-doing? You know what you ought to do? Call time out and go build somebody else up and then watch your own life get strengthened. Call time out and go be, speak edify, edifying words to other people and watch your life get built up. That's what the scripture says. It says, whoever refreshes will be refreshed. Pastor Jamie used a word last week when he talked about, from Ephesians 4, and he was talking about the heart to help in the body of Christ, he said in Ephesians 4, it says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And he gave us the Greek word there for ministry. It is the word diakonio. Diakonio. And he gave us the proper definition when he gave us the English definition, it is to help people serve properly in the work of the ministry. Let me give you the cultural definition of that work and how, it's, how it was used in biblical culture. It literally means dia to koinia, stirring dust. To stirring dust. Pastor Ron, what in the world are you trying to say? Two, stirring dust. 
Let me ask you a question. What was man created from? So what happens is this. Two stirring each other up so that the work of the ministry will flourish. I stir you. You stir me. And together we see the work of the ministry get stronger and stronger. Key word, together we see the work of the ministry get stronger. Dia koinia, two stirring dust, two stirring each other up. Stir up the gift of God which was placed within you by the laying on of hands. Stir up that gift and watch the ministry flourish. Here's the last principle and I'm done. Serve someone else's success. Get this right here. Never underestimate the power of serving others. I love this. Your seat of servanthood will become your throne of destiny. Where you've been serving and you've been faithful and doing what God is calling you to do in a very obscure place because nobody's seeing it. Nobody's recognizing it. Nobody's noticing it. That place of obscurity can be a lonely place. Let me give you a word of encouragement. Keep doing it because our Heavenly Father sees it and is taking you to a great reward. And it becomes a throne of destiny. Pastor, no, Pastor Ron, nobody, nobody sees me doing it. Nobody's recognizing what I'm doing. Keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. Faithfulness. Greatest test in God's kingdom, but it brings the greatest reward. Anybody can be faithful for a day. You've heard me say it a million times. Anybody can be faithful for a day. Can you keep being faithful as it brings God's reward in your life? Amen? Stand with me and give Jesus praise. Come on. Come on, give Jesus an ovation of praise. Come on, give Jesus praise this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, give him a shout. bow your head with me. Nobody's looking around for just a second. You're here this morning. You'd say, Pastor Ron, I hear what you're saying specifically when it comes to my existence. And quite honestly, if I'm honest with you and if I'm honest with myself and if I'm honest with God, my existence is a very lonely, empty existence. I'm just existing. I'm going day to day to day and I'm just existing. I'm doing the same thing day in and day out. And I'm tired of that low level quality of existence. So I would say to you, if that's your thought right now, that you don't have to put up with that low level existence because Jesus wants to raise you up into heavenly places in strength and might and power. And your existence can change because you took it to a place of quality by allowing Jesus 
to become Lord and Savior of your life. And if you're here this morning saying, Pastor Ron, that, that, that lonely, hurtful, empty existence is there because I hear what you're saying. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. So I want to change my existence by accepting him as my Lord and my Savior today. And see my existence, my world change by his wonderful love and compassion. I want to change my existence from an empty life to a fulfilled life by accepting Jesus today. If that's you, with every head bowed, nobody's looking around right now, just out of respect for you, if that is you, and you say, I want to change my existence by accepting Jesus today, would you put your hand up right where you are right now? Yes. Yes. Put it up right now. Gonna wait just a second. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? Not here to pressure you or push you. Just want to make sure we give you an opportunity to see Jesus come into your life and change everything about your existence. Anybody else? All right, here's what I want to do. We're going to all pray together. And all I'm going to ask you to do is as we pray out loud together, I want you to pray along with us. I'll lead you in prayer. And as I pray, I want you to pray what all of us are praying together. Only thing I'm asking you to do is mean it in your heart because here's what Romans 10 says. Romans 10 says this, when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died and rose again, you will change the existence of your life. Why? Because he becomes your savior and your Lord. So we're all going to pray together because we're all standing in this together. 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 So as I pray, I just want you to pray what I pray and then mean it from your heart. Here we go. Let's do it together. One, two, three. Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Lord, to allow me to have my existence changed by accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Father, I declare that I've walked away from your ways and I've walked away from your will. And I want to change that right now. And I'm changing that right now by asking you, Lord, to come into my life. And as you do, you're forgiving me of my sin. You're changing my path and my direction and my existence. And I am becoming a child of God. I speak it by faith. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give Jesus praise for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.